Welcome to Value Investor TV Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Beko, and my dear partner, Hari Radhakrishnan. This is episode 19, Cash Flow Statement Part 2. Welcome, everybody. All right, we are on our journey very close to the end here in terms of our financial statement journey all the way from income statement now we are at the last leg of the journey we are talking about the last part of the cash flow statements congratulations people <laughs> all right let's uh let's dive into this okay in the previous episode we talked about cash flow statements part one and we talked about the first the first part the first part of cash flow statement which is cash flow uh from operation uh, operating activities in this episode, we want to talk about the last two bundle. The first bundle we want to talk about is cash flow from investing activity. And the, and the second one we want to talk about is cash flow from financing activities. Those are two distinct buckets um, that cash flow statement is, is organized into. Okay, so let's dive in to the, the, the first part, cash flow from investing activity. Hari, why don't you uh, kind of define that for us and we can dive into what goes in and out of that bucket. Yeah, so, you know, when you when we talked about uh, this, remember we had said in the income state or in the cash flow from operating activities, it's a net reconciliation, you know, to get from the income statement to here. So in a lot of ways, the in uh, the cash flow from investing activities tells you a story related to more on the balance sheet on the non-current asset side, right? And so what you're doing here is you're basically buying and selling things in this uh, cash flow from investing activities to support your operating activities. So, um, you know, so think about it when we bought our hot dog stand, you know, we paid for the equipment, you know, the uh, machine to cook things and we expected those things to last longer than a single year as opposed to the operating activities which are you know paying our employees paying for the food paying for uh, air conditioning paying for you know rent you know that kind of stuff so for cash flow from investing activities um, you know what we're doing here is is called uh, capital expenditures is this top is the top you know, bucket. And that capital expenditures is also called purchase of property, plant, and equipment. And so purchase of property, plant, and equipment, this is probably the most important, you know, uh, thing. And we're going to emphasize this uh, and, we'll, and we'll tell you why, but um, in a little while, uh, you know, the, this is the, you know, metric that we will use to measure how successful a business is in terms of it's you know it's valuation and and how it uses its capital uh, to invest. So inside this pur purchase of property, plant, and equipment, there is actually two you know things that are going on here. One is maintenance capital expenditures, which are repairing and fixing what is already uh, you know what you already own and replacing it. Uh, you know, and then there's also growth capital expenditures. So these two buckets are are very important and what we really want for our valuation calculation is actually the maintenance capital expenditures because that tells us how much does it actually take to maintain the business as it is growth is a great thing 
you know, if if it's profitable growth. Um, but we want to know how much it takes to maintain the business, and then we can see how much money they're spending to grow the business. So we want to keep those separate. And some companies are very good about making that line uh, in the sand so that you can see it. Others aren't necessarily so. Um, so <clears throat> the other thing is you can buy uh, property, plant, and equipment. You can also sell it. So let's say that you had a store that you just you know wasn't selling, you know, doing as well as you wanted to. You can sell off, you know, obviously you can take the goods and move it to a new store or you can sell them off uh, for cash. Uh, and that would also be recorded in this section. So, you're, you know, you're essentially moving your money in and out of, uh, you know, things that are non-current assets or longer term assets. Yeah. And that's all what you would see in this in this section. Yeah. I, I want to reiterate non-current asset and kind of go back to our episode where we talked about balance sheet, right? Um, non-current asset. Remember, if you remember, if you remember the asset part of our our conversation here at, at this podcast, we talked about current asset, non-current asset. Non-current assets are assets that that the company is not intend, intend is not intending to liquidate within a year. Yeah. So that that includes under that bucket, obviously, that includes uh, you know. That includes property, plan, and equipment. These are things that you're not going to liquidate and make it into cash within a matter of a year, right? Because it's so integral to the to the integral to the company itself. Yeah. And so I just wanted to um, reiterate the definition of non-current asset. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing there, just to make sure that we're also clear, is sometimes companies will report this as net property, plant, and equipment uh, purchase of property, plant, and equipment, and what they mean by that is. Let's say we bought a truck, like we have a food truck. We bought a new food truck and we sold the food truck. They may just report the difference of the price of the purchase price and the sale price here. And so that, you know, what what you're actually seeing is a, you know, is offsetting these numbers. Um, so when you look at these things, what you really want to be paying attention to is um, Depreciation and amortization we had talked about earlier. Depreciation specifically is an expense on the income statement, and you know it it, it ties to you know the measurement of how you know an asset that you own wears out. So you know if we bought all our stuff is very new, we may not have a lot of purchase of property, plant, and equipment in year two because mm -hmm. we it's all new and it's still shiny and it still works great but we still take that expense on the income statement and our cash flow looks like we're making more money and then in year five when all of that equipment just falls apart now we have to make this big outlay of purchase of you know to purchase new all new equipment and so what you really want to see in a business like this and as a business grows that number kind of averages out you know to you know they're basically offsetting all of the cost year over year is some businesses have a much larger investment into purchasing, you know, equipment than other businesses. Yeah, it's just the nature of the business. It's the nature of the business. And so think about like a, let's say we're running a, a U-Haul business, right? Uh, or we're running a construction company that uh, rents out equipment. That equipment depreciates very fast because we're renting out to people. They use it and it's getting constant heavy use. And so we may be able to depreciate that asset over a five-year period, but it actually may have a very uh, useful life of two or three years. And so what ends up happening is on the 
um, the depreciation expense is actually lower than the purchase of property and equipment. And in many cases, it's the opposite. But, you know, it's very important to pay attention to this because in a, and this, we're talking specifically about maintenance expense, capital expenditures. Mm-hmm. Over the long term, the depreciation and uh, purchase of property, plant, and equipment for maintenance should equal each other out. If you're seeing one spend in a, in a, uh, another area, um, you know, that, that can really affect your, um, you know, that maybe the company is actually juicing short-term profits by under-investing in the business, and then eventually things just kind of run out. Sears is actually a fantastic example of this. You know, so um, Eddie Lampert, who owned uh, Sears through his hedge fund company, or owned, was the largest shareholder, and then became the CEO, he refused to update the interior of this of Sears. So he'd replace the carpet, but not really like spruce up the inside. And, and so a lot of people didn't want to shop at Sears because of, because of that. Now his argument, and you know, I, I don't know Sears well enough to say this is he wasn't seeing a return on his investment when he invested money into the stores. Uh, and so, you know, that this is, this is why you also need to read the footnotes with these financial statements is to say, hey, we're not spending as much money in PP and PP&E or CapEx. Um, and, and why is that? And, you know, sometimes businesses say, hey, we're we had record profits, but we also aren't investing in the future because we're just trying to squeeze more out of our existing asset base. So, you know, it, it's important to pay attention to this because th- this is a this affects valuation. It affects. Um, you know how the long-term you know nature of the business, uh, and you really want to you 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 know look at this very closely and make sure that they're maintaining the level of investment in the business, um, you know, to support their existing sales. Yeah, and then you talked about you know, talked about the nature of the business that that um, that makes this a important variable for some and important not important variables for others, right? Yeah. So maybe you can give an so you talked about Sears, you talked about construction company U-Haul as a as an exa- as examples of companies that maintenance capex is very important and yep. potentially for growth capex as well. Right. Can you tell us maybe a, a counterexample of of a company that you know this this is not so much a big issue. So Yeah, so um you know tech companies actually are you know the the prototypal prototypical example of that so they're asset light businesses so they don't their investments are into technology so research and development and people right and not so much investments into uh, assets they're not buying a lot of physical goods to replace you know to make that I mean they that you know every one of these does have physical assets mm-hmm. like Google has servers and you know Microsoft has their Azure cloud that they they run and same with Amazon you know, and it's an interesting thing that you would look at is, you know, they do have assets. Uh, and, you know, in the past, um, you know, asset light businesses were f- a lot less common. Mm. Nowadays, they're becoming more and more common. So you see a, a lot of people have kind of just treated every business as if it were an asset light business. And that's why you see a lot of this people using these metrics like EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization and you can't use that in a asset heavy business because yeah. depreciation is a real expense and it, it always is a real expense yeah. interestingly a lot of people look at companies like tech companies and say 
well, you know, they're a tech company, they don't have it. But if you have servers, servers actually depreciate very, very fast. And so when they depreciate, you have a, um, you know, you have to continually buy to maintain your server farm. And so, the, you know, and maybe you can get a good deal. You know, I think uh, from what I've heard, and I don't know this, uh, you know, with, you know, any degree of certainty, you know, Amazon doesn't buy the latest and greatest, you know, servers to put into their uh, EC2, you know, to their cloud uh, platform. You know, they buy slightly older models so that they can get, and, you know, they have a very, like, rigid, like, you know, we standardize on one server uh, type. And that allows them to get, you know, the best bang for their buck in terms of depreciation and amortization. Whereas if they were buying a higher, you know, higher end uh, CPU, um, you know, much more expensive, but its shelf life would, you know, you know, depreciation would eliminate it really quickly. I mean, think about it the same way like you have a $100,000 Mercedes versus a $30,000 um, or $20,000 Toyota Corolla, you know, the amount of depreciation in that Toyota Corolla relative to the Mercedes, they both depreciate over the same lifespan, but you would be taking a $10,000 expense on Mercedes and a, if it was a 10 year lifespan and a $2,000 expense on the Corolla, you know, so it, there's a lot to think about there when you, when you start really breaking it down, property plan and equipment is a really important concept here. Um, you know, and, and that's why we want to, emphasis you know that's why we've only been talking about it the whole time so <laughs> yeah okay so that is uh that is a uh, very important part of the investing activities we talked about the maintenance capex we talked about growth capex um do you want to talk about the yeah you know, why don't we talk about the inflow of cash now we talked about the outflow of cash right yeah the maintenance capex growth capex these are all expenditures out of your bank to someone else's pocket because in exchange you're getting, you know, equipments or what have you. Now, what about the other way around? What is cash coming in that is accounted here in 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 cash flow from investing activities bucket? So um, let's say that our hot dog stand had the brilliant idea of we also wanted to run a pawnbroker. <laughs> so, you know, brilliant Be idea. Becco woke up one day and he's like, you know what? <laughs> Hot dogs are awesome, but I want to be a pawnbroker. Uh, oh, I want to, yeah. I want to appear on pawn stars. So, <laughs> so one of the interesting things about, you know, financing is also businesses can actually make loans. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I actually owned a pawn company for, uh, a, uh, um, you know, for several years, and it, I did extremely well with it. Owning, owning by by that he means like owning a stock. Correct. In a company. Yeah, publicly traded in one. Not not that he's running one. No. I, <laughs> can't you see me with a you know uh, running a pawn store? Um, so, you know what what's interesting about the uh, you know uh, the pawn brokerage is that you know they make loans these m micro loans that where they take your asset uh, and then give you a a collateralized loan basically so i have a you know a, a camera that i i no longer need or i'm i i'm willing to pay for it but i you give me a hundred dollars for it and then i'll come back and pay it off in the next 30 days or 60 days or however long you want to use it <laughs> and so what they do is they'll actually transact that in this cash flow from financing activities and so what you will, or I'm sorry, cash flow from investing activities. So they will actually make a loan. And when they collect on that loan, that actually appears here in this. So, 
in that um, section, you are making loans and, uh, you know, and th there's obviously a net component to this. So outlaying and receiving, you know, I'm paying out money to, uh, uh, to you know, loaning money to somebody. And then when they pay it back, that's all um, indicated here. Um, you know, so that that's, you know, one component of this. Um, the other component, which is also, you know, something that we will talk a lot about is um, companies have the ability to buy back shares in their own uh, company, right? And so when they buy or distribute, so as we talked about in the de debt and equity, we distributed uh, shares to people in our uh, group, uh, you know, our family and friends who get and then paid us cash. That cash shows up in this cash flow from investing activities, and that's how we indicate it, that it was an inflow uh, into the business. And then that also increases our balance sheet, the cash on the balance sheet. Um, uh, but this is how we record what, st you know, what period that, that money came in. Because right. remember, you know, as we've kind of drifted away from the thing, this is cash flow statements are all, you know, based on a period, whether it's a quarter or a year, whereas the balance sheet is that snapshot in time. Yeah. So that's, that's money coming into your bank account, right? Yeah. And Hari said... We can loan out. We can we can loan out. We can issue debt, and when you issue debt, people, you know, give us the money. And same with the equity side. We can sell a, a interest uh, ownership stake in our company, and in return, we get cash, and that's booked here inside investing activities inflow of cash. And then on the outflow, you know, we talked about capex, which is you know money. Like I said, money going out in exchange for server or you know what have you a truck but then you can also get money out with you know purchase of debt instrument or equity instruments yep so do you want to talk about that a little bit more yeah so so now we're in the the cash flow from financing activities mm -hmm. right and so cash flow from financing is you know we we talked about debt and equity and in that debt and equity section we are really talking about i'm issuing debt <clears throat> to my uh to the bank or from the bank <clears throat> uh so the bank gives me a loan i have to pay off that loan the money coming in is added to my cash is you know added to my cash on the balance sheet and it also shows up as a positive on the financing activities uh in the cash flow from financing activities so that's where we can see money coming in so <clears throat> if you imagine a business that's losing money that has to borrow you know, because they're promising growth in the future. Like, think of a biotech company that has no money. Actually, biotech companies have to issue equity, mm -hmm. but because uh, banks they don't have an asset to loan off of. Uh, but think of um, think of a company like Uber that is um, you know is offering bonds, uh, you know, company corporate bonds to generate uh, cash. You would operate you you record that in the cash flow from financing activities. Uh, and this also includes other things where uh, cash gets, you know, converted, you know, to the business. Like um, some companies will issue options that, you know, um, mm -hmm. or warrants that will uh, allow them to sell equity in the future. Uh, and, you know, in that they, you know, th there's a debt component to that. And that that appears here in the cash flow from financing activities. Um, the other side of the ledger here is uh, companies will also pay out dividends. And that dividend is also coming out of this financing activities section. So when you um, you pay out a dividend, 
Um, you know, obviously it decreases your cash balance sheet. It also in- decreases your retained earnings, which we had talked about on the on the balance sheet, and it, it decreases your uh, you know it's a, a negative on the cash flow from financing activities. So, um, you know, sometimes companies also receive dividends um, because they have they own uh, debt in another company. Um, depending on how that's structured, it may appear here or it may appear in the investing activities. Yeah. Um, so can you maybe, so the line between investing activities and financing activities can kind of blur, like you said there. Right. So can you maybe go through the differences with our listeners so that we understand it, that even though it may be great, but there's a clear distinction between investing activities and financing activities. Yeah, if you're loaning money, right, like in our pawn shop business, that's an investment because you're loaning the money to someone. Whereas if you're issuing debt, which is really, I'm giving, I'm selling, uh, I'm asking somebody to give me cash, yeah. and then I have to pay that off, that's really more of a financial, financial yeah. thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's kind of a, it's not a hard and fast rule, and there there probably is a you know a, a rule of thumb that uh, that defines that. Um, you know, for the most part, I, I I when I look at these things, I, what I'm looking for in the investing activities and the financing activities is really more focused on um, the investing side. I'm looking at the purchase of property, plant, and equipment, and I'm looking for you know is the company uh, raising money or buy or buying back shares. And then when I look at the financing activities, ideally what I want to see there is that, you know, there is limited debt that the company has, uh, you know, uh, managing because, you know, debt can get very complicated, um, you know, and, and some companies have a lot of debt. And, you know, um, you know, we've had for the last 10 years very low interest rates. So a lot of companies have said, well, you know, the cost of that debt is so low, I'll go and and take it on, but you still do have to pay it off. And, you know, companies will go take that cash and then go do something dumb with it. Mm -hmm. And then now they have no real way of paying it off. Mm -hmm. And so they're they're They have to fight the, uh, you know, their, their creditors and restructure their companies and things like that. And that's when companies get into trouble. So I try and stay away from those things, but this is kind of where you can see how much money are they having to pay every year you know, to, to service their debt, how is that affecting their cash flow? Uh, and then you can kind of pay attention to that here. Yeah. So I just wanted to recap that really quick because it can get really kind of confusing here. And I think, I think as you, as you were listening to this episode, you were probably thinking the same, I imagine. So I just want to quickly summarize, you know, we can get into the details of this, but as investors, there are things that you need to really understand and other things, might, you know, maybe not, not so much. And so to reiterate Hari's point, in the investing activity section, what you're really looking for is the maintenance capex and growth capex. So these are, you know, this is, a, this is something that you really need to understand if you, if you want to um, follow the business closely. And then also the share, share buybacks is also counted here in the investing activities. So those two things are what you need to look for in investing activities. In the financing activities, what you're looking for in this section is is payment of dividend as well as the debt payment. So this is the financial health of the company as well as how much the company is handing out to uh, its shareholders. 
So obviously we talked about a lot more than what I just summarized here, but those two concepts, investing activities and finance, financing activities, uh, those two things are really paramount to understand. Uh, if you don't, you know, that, that should be the takeaway of this, um, yep. of this episode. And I, I think when we, uh, you know, the next couple of episodes, we're going to really hammer a lot of this, these things together, bring all of the financial statements together so you can see how they kind of fit. Um, and then it, it'll become a lot more clear. And the other thing that we're going to do is kind of define a lot of the metrics that we use as uh, investors. Some are more valuable than others. And using those metrics, you have, you know, you get them from the these various statements. So that'll help you kind of identify what are the important areas, what are the less important areas, and then so that when you start reading these annual reports for yourself and looking at financial statements, you'll know what you're actually looking at. Right. And then more, moreover, you know, as we progress with our episode count, we will actually analyze, start analyzing companies. And when you do that, with with understanding of different financial statements, it'll get it'll click more. Because right now we're just talking about abstract ideas. It may seem like an abstract ideas without hard, concrete numbers. But when we actually start cracking open 10Ks and reading financial statements with you guys in this episode, which we're planning to do, um, it might click better. Uh, so if you're lost, don't don't worry. We will uh, we will help you uh, along the way. And uh, yeah, so that that was the cash flow from. Um, from investing activities and financing activities, anything you want to add here before we close it out this episode, Ari? No, I think we'll just uh, just remember to to pay attention to those the difference between maintenance and growth capex. Uh, I think is very important. And when we start talking about what's called free cash flow, uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at that number very closely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This was episode nineteen. Wow, 19. Very close to 20. Man. Okay, we're moving ahead. Thank you guys for joining. And if you liked the episode, please do subscribe and tell your friends about our episode. We are moving ahead, and I hope these episodes are helpful. Please leave us a feed, you know, some feedback on the comment section or email us, email us directly at info at valueinvestor.org. Okay, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>